Well, listen, I want to start a series uh, today called Marvel Men, and I want to read a scripture in Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse 21. It says, so I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but my sinful nature is a slave to the law of sin. I want to pause for the cause and talk from this subject today. I've got something to say. I've got something to say. Ladies and gentlemen, recently I got a random text from my father. My father has a tendency to text pictures without context or explanation. <laughs> he's recently started texting me pictures, which reveals to me he's recently figured out how to use that feature on his phone. <laughs> And he recently texted me this random box. And the box was filled with comic books. For those of you who are at the age and stage in your life where you are wondering, <laughs> what is a comic book? Comic books were, are, are magazines with pictures that told stories about the activity and the impact of fictitious superheroes and villains. Before some of your favorite movies were movies, they were comics. Batman was a comic book. Superman was a comic book. The Avengers were a comic book. Black Panther was a comic book. So he texts me this box filled with comic books. I said, what's this? He says, these are some of your old comic books that I stumbled upon when I was cleaning some things out around the house. And I began to look at the box and I saw all of those comics. I say, man, I was a comic book connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, I had comic books on Batman, and Superman, and Iron Man, and Wonder Woman, and Black Panther. I'm gonna see if you really feel in this one. I'm gonna see if you really know comics with this one. Iceman? See, y'all don't remember Iceman. Yeah. Okay, Wolverine? Okay, I know y'all don't remember this one. The Fantastic Four? Don't mess with me, the Silver Surfer. <laughs> so I'm seeing all of these comments kind of spread around in the box but one jumped out at me uh, more than the others because as I started to do some reflect I, I, I saw this, this, this one comic Spider-Man and as I started to do some reflection I got a revelation 
I got a revelation about comic books from back in the day that can give us some insight for this Father's Day. This is what I saw. I saw all of us have more in common with comic book characters than we think. I begin, to, I begin to see as I examine specifically Spider-Man that these comic book characters were complicated characters and they were complicated characters because they had to live with the reality of duality. What do I mean by that? Dual, being two. Not just one-sided, but y'all, come on, but, but two-sided. It's, it's the reality of duality. It's like you Bruce Banner, but then you the Incredible Hulk. Come on, where y'all at? You, you Clark Kent and you Superman. You Peter Parker and you Spider-Man. Watch this. But becoming Spider-Man doesn't mean you lose Peter Parker. Which one do you get? It depends on the circumstance. Where's my real church? Which one of me do you get? It depends on the day. <laughs> Is there anybody even right now that's honest enough to admit there's some reality of duality? Sometimes I feel like Superman. Sometimes I feel like Clark Kent. Sometimes I want to help people. Sometimes I want people to leave me alone. Sometimes I want company, and then when I get company, I'm ready for the company to leave. Is there anybody that's willing to be honest about your reality of duality? And there are people in relationship with you attempting to understand you, frustrated by the obstacles that they have to overcome to get an accurate understanding of who you are, not realizing that sometimes you're thinking, I confuse myself. I'm trying to find, where's going to be the, is it online? Where's the honest section? To say sometimes, what's wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with me today. So I tell people to call me when they need me and then get upset when they call me. <laughs> it's the reality of duality. And duality is a reality for the Christian. How do I know? I read Romans 7. We just read it together. Brother Brock, the, 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 the profundity of this passage is not just in what is said, it's in who said it. This, this Paul, listen to what he says. He says, although I want to do good. See y'all, I'm, I'm reading Paul. He says, I want to do good. I really do. He says, but I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. He says, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. He says, there's a part of me internally that finds delight in the ways, in the wishes, in the practices, in the preferences, in the principles of God. He says, but... I see another law, the reality of duality. Come on, I see another law at work in me. He says, this law is waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin that's at work within me. 
Then listen to how frustrated he gets with himself. What a wretched man I am. See, what is said is profound. But who says it makes it even more profound. This is the Apostle Paul, one of the most influential figures in the New Testament. He's responsible for two-thirds of the content you see in all the New Testament. 75% of what you see in the New Testament, he wrote it. His former name was Saul, probably named after the first king of Israel, Saul. He was a Benjamite, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He grew up in Tarsus, which was a major city in Sicily. It housed one of the most prominent learning institutions at that time, the University of Tarsus. It was more prominent than the universities in Athens and Alexandria. Paul was educated there. And then on top of that education, according to Acts 22.3, he was trained and mentored by the famous rabbi Gamaliel in Jerusalem. He spoke between seven and 14 languages. He served and provided apostolic oversight to Churches in Rome, Corinth, Thessalonica, Galatia, Ephesus, Macedonia, and Philippi. He mentored other people like Timothy and Titus in the faith. He performed exorcism. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And this same man says, listen, this man who did all of that, that's the superhero side. Y'all missing it? I said, that's the superhero side. He did all of that. Healing people, preaching to people, raising the dead, and say, listen though. I see another law. <laughs> At work in my members. It's the reality of duality. What is Paul doing? He's offering some insight into a subject we call in academic theological circles sanctification because we many of us have been conditioned to think that sanctification means you lose the old you that's not what he's saying sanctification for him is you learn how to arrest the old you are you here Deliverance isn't always the absence of desire. Deliverance is sometimes desire management. Some of you are waiting for the day where you don't want to say certain things when people say certain things to you. Maybe the day will come where that urge is not as intense. But that's not the only way that God can sanctify you. Yeah, sometimes sanctification looks like I want to. I was about to. But I decided not to. I want to find somebody in the church that will be honest enough to say there are some times where I've loved God, served God, and I wanted to, I was about to, but something on the inside of me helped me make a decision not to. Yeah. 
It's the reality of duality. You're a hypocrite. No, I'm a human. See, y'all not? Y'all miss? Yeah. See, here it is. Even etymologically, the word hypocrite literally means it's a Greek word. Well, there is a Greek version of the word that literally is a word that's used to refer to people who are in plays, acting. It's, see, y'all, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You can't confuse imperfection with hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is the equivalent of putting on a mask, perpetrating a fraud, presenting myself to be something that I'm not. Imperfection is, it's integrity, it's integer, it's whole, it's, uh, it is, I am who I am on a journey to being who I'm called to be. And so if you want me to be a version of myself that I'm not, that's on you, not me, because I'm not presenting myself to be somewhere that I'm not. I'm not a hypocrite, I'm just a human. Are y'all okay? This is the, the reality of duality. And everyone wrestles with duality. There's a hero and a human <laughs> in all of us. So because there's a hero and a human in all of us, I got to learn how to manage the Peter Parker so that the Peter Parker doesn't undermine the work of Spider-Man. And I'm telling you, I got a text this week from somebody who wanted to help us do this. You know, I was preaching about Paul, but I got a text from Peter. Not Peter in the Bible, Peter Parker. He said, D, I said, what's up? He said, I hear you talking about me Sunday. I said, yeah. Is that I'm talking about the, I said, I'm talking about the reality uh, of duality. He, he said, cool. He said, you're talking about me to them, right? I said, yeah. He said, I want to do something different. I said, what's up? He said, I got something to say. He says, I got something to say on this Father's Day about the reality of duality. And I want you to tell them what I got to say. I said, okay, what you got to say? He said, I got something to say to two groups of people. He said, first of all, I got something to say to the men on this Father's Day about how to manage the reality of duality. I said, okay, bet. He said, I also got something to say to the women who love them. So I'm going to just tell you what Peter told me. That's all. <sighs> he says, I need to talk to the men who are trying to understand themselves. And I need to talk to the women who love them about how to manage the human and the hero. 
because you both. I can't wait to get me a man. It's going to be, ooh, it's going to be amazing. You're not just getting Spider-Man. Let me go to this side because I felt shade. I felt shade over there. I said, you're not just getting, uh, ooh, Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. You're not just getting Spider-Man. So I, I just, I just, I just want to share real quick. I got a few minutes. I, can I share these? You got to get all these points. All right, here it is. I, I, I want to share. Spider-Man said, I got something to say. So uh, um, he, he, here's the first thing he wants to say to the men in the room. His first thing. To the men online, first thing he wants to say. Here it is. Number one, write this down, guys. Here it is. The woman you choose impacts whether you win or lose. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, because some men, listen to me, brothers. Come on now, I love you. You know I love you. Uh, Some men promote Spider-Man. You just post Spider-Man. You flaunt Spider-Man. You display Spider-Man. You brag about your Spider-Man tendencies. Then you mad when she don't want Peter Parker. I want somebody to love me for me. You ain't put you out there. You put the money out. Come on, let me go to this side. You put the money out there. You put the cars out there. You put the cribs out there. Now you put out that kind of bait and you mad because you caught that kind of fish? Yeah, when, when you put that out there like that, it's giving, it's giving me, it's giving me, it's giving me thirsty. It's giving me, we got to see all your cars, you giving me. Because when you secure in your Peter Parker, you don't have to show it. We all right? Okay, can I tell you the second thing he said? Okay, second thing he said to men is the difference between heroes and villains is how you use your power. So God's given you power. All of the heroes in comics had power, but so did villains. What's the difference between the heroes and the villains? How they used it. God's giving you the gift of gab. How do you use it? Do you use it to elevate or to manipulate? If you use it, where is my church? Do you use it to elevate or manipulate? If you use it to elevate, you're a hero. If you use it to manipulate, you're a villain. Whatever God's given you, 
He doesn't ungift you. Gifts and callings, Paul says, are without repentance. So once he's gifted you, he doesn't ungift you. Now, he, will, he can and will at times remove his anointing, but he doesn't remove the gift. So the gift will work to a degree, whether it's anointed or not. The anointing doesn't determine how it works. If it works, the determine, anointing determines how it works, how impactful it is. But whatever gift you've been given, here's a question. How, how are you using it? Because the difference between heroes and villains is how you, how you use power. You know how important character is when it comes to how you use power? That when people are trusting you with, with influence, stewarding it well, If y'all still don't want to fire me, say yes. You don't want to fire me? I think some of y'all want to fire me. Go on and say it. You, okay, here it is, number three. Because here it is, number three. Because the men's part is the easiest part. So I'm going to ask y'all that again in a few seconds. Uh, we just warm me up because Spider-Man got something else to say. It's only getting worse from here. Here it is, number three. Spider-Man told me to tell the man, your greatest sense is your spidey sense. You remember his spidey senses were this tingling that he would get that's an indication of danger. We would call that discernment. That sixth sense. That intuitive hunch. I've literally been at the table ready to sign deals and a hunch. Literally. I'm thinking of one, in, one thing specifically. I'm sitting there and I look at my wife. I say, I'm not feeling this. She say, me either. I say, well, we out of here. Because <laughs> I'd rather those people be mad at me for a short period of time than I'd be mad at me for a long period of time. <laughs> Spidey senses. That sixth sense, we call it spiritual intelligence. You got a brain up here, but then you got a brain in your heart. And so you speak to yourself up here. People speak to you up here, but God speaks to you here. That's his communication channel and mechanism. And that is the most, watch this, that is the most impactful and important brain that you have because the brain that's in your heart is the brain that have access, has access to the omniscient one. So God who knows all things is talking to you not here. He's talking to you here. So the most intelligent decisions you make are not just with this brain they're with this brain am I am I am I all right guys I said am I all right and there are times where we find ourselves in seasons of despair because we ignore the spidey sense some told us this not it they not it she not it. We ignored spidey senses. That's what he told me to tell the man. (laughs) 
I just feel like the mood in the room and the chat is just, can we have a day? Can we just have a day? Y'all, here it is. He said, there's also three things I want to say to the women. Okay. Now, come on, now, y'all was just telling the men to take notes, so I want everybody to take notes right here. Okay, here it is. Here's the first thing he said. He said, tell them to love me like Aunt B. Woo! Mary Jane like Spider-Man. Aunt B loved Peter Parker. In other words, he's saying, I want to be loved for my person, not just what I produce. Watch this. He said, because honestly, you, watch this, the women, mom, sister, spouse, girlfriend, whatever, you, whatever role you play, this is what I want you to know. Outside of you, everybody else's applause is tied to what he produces. Did y'all hear what I just said? We don't really feel loved because people love Spider-Man. Spider-Man had to live under the constant pressure to produce because they really loved what he did more than they loved him. I'm getting ready to say this, and I just need, brothers, don't leave, now listen, I got us, but don't leave me out here by myself. We feel used too. Okay, I got a few courageous brothers. Okay, I got one in the back standing up on me. Okay, okay. We can feel used too. Am I making sense? Love me like Aunt B, meaning I want a love that's not attached to performance conditions. I'm not saying endorse or excuse dysfunctional behavior. I'm not saying enable me to do things that are not in the best interest of me, of my loved ones, but I am am saying I'm not asking you to love me the same way you love your son. Because that's your baby. <laughs> Let me go over here. I got a little scared over there on that side. I had to say, where's the kid? Okay. That's my baby. So we, we don't expect you to love us like that. But we need a little love like that. Because if we don't get it from you, where we get it? Okay, y'all. <laughs> okay, all right. Here, here's number two. Here's number two. Second thing he says is this. This is important. He said, tell them I get it from them, but I need it from you. So watch this. Let's go to the, first, um, to the first man in the Bible, Adam, right? 
Adam and Eve's initial interaction with the serpent in the Garden of Eden shows you how many women underestimate the power of your voice. Because everything that happened in the garden happened because Eve's, Eve's voice had power with Adam. Are y'all here? You don't know how much your words matter. Here it is. Now here's the problem. When you're raising a son, you get to see how much they matter when he's young. Because he responds to your affirmation expressively. You'll say, when your son's through, you say, show me them muscles. He starts showing you, know, you're like, my big man got the muscles. He's like, yes, I got the muscles. Now watch this. What happens is, when he's 30, he still needs the same thing. He just don't respond the same way when you give it. So when you, he get, when you give it to him at 30 and he doesn't respond the way he did at 3, you think it doesn't matter. So you stop saying it. Babe, I'm a, I ask her in public because she will tell me the truth. Uh, so I'm not going to tell the whole text, but can I use the text you sent me today as an example? Okay. My wife sent me this amazing text this morning for Father's Day. Who got my phone? Somebody give me. Oh, she got it? Okay. Can I read the text? Okay. I'm about to look real bad trying to make this point. But I, I'm going to do it. All right. Here it is. Here's the text she sent me this morning. She said, I've tried to find the words to say to an amazing father, but since I'm not the best at words, it took me some time. First, I'm grateful you are the father. I'm grateful you are my boy's father. God knew what he was doing when he assigned me to you. I see you. She says, you're a great dad. You work so hard to give us everything. I appreciate you. I respect you. I'm grateful for your wisdom and guidance. I don't know where I would be without you. Even when I don't say it, I learn a lot from you, and you are an awesome example for our boys. We gain strength from your leadership. No matter what, I'm riding with you until the wheels fall off. I love you, and happy Father's Day. Okay. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to do this. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I am getting real transparent up here. First of all, we got to make an agreement. Y'all are not about to judge me. That's the first thing. All right, no judgment here. Is that an amazing text? Here was my response. Thanks, babe. <laughs> you said you would not judge me. Are you just judging me, y'all? So, uh, I'm riding the church, I'm, I'm going through my notes, I'm getting tons of Father's Day texts, I see hers and I want to respond immediately. So I'm in the middle of changing some stuff in my message and I'm like, okay, but I don't want to look at that text and not respond. 
but then I don't want to lose the thought of me. So it's like, let me respond real quick. And so when I looked at just now, <laughs> like, I saw even how, so if I was her, I probably wouldn't want to say nothing like that to me again. Because my response, right? What I'm telling you is sometimes our expression doesn't match the appreciation. So do we need to work on that expression? Yes. Should I have done a way better job than that? Yes. But because I responded that way, does that mean it meant nothing to me? No. Your words have power. So we might hear a whole lot from other people, but your words carry more weight. A thousand people can be telling us we this and that, but when you say it, it weighs more. You know, we have people tell us that they watch our ministry all the time. You know what impacts me the most? When my mother-in-law, who's in her early 80s, watches the message. When my father-in-law, who's in his 70s, calls me crying after a message he heard, it way more. Your words matter. I'm done, son. You matter. You've been anointed to move us in a different kind of way. Mothers, they might not respond the way they did when they were three. But your words matter. Still. They're like, all right, Ma. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It matters. Sisters, you married or you dating that man? Your words matter. They, they matter more than anybody else's words. And when you release words, listen to me, your words are so powerful. When you release words, watch this. Sometimes you release words, not intentionally, but unconsciously. They're so powerful that even sometimes when you don't mean for them to hurt, they do. But you don't know they hurt because we don't bleed outside. We bleed inside. It's internal bleeding. Many of us don't have the luxury of sitting too long in our pain. We got to get up and produce. Can I tell you the third time, third thing Spider-Man said? He said, um, tell them love me like Aunt B. Tell them I get it from them, but I need it from you. But also tell them I get stressed too. I'm going to tell you something. And I don't have, I'm in a season of my life. I don't have to say nothing to nobody I don't mean. So everything I say I mean. I want you to catch this. I admire women. Because I'm telling you right now, I can't do what you do. If I'm sick... If I'm sick, it's over. Oh, 
<laughs> Some of y'all laughing at me. You the same way. I'm just honest. When I'm sick, it's over. I'm like, can you get me some water? <laughs> y'all be sick cooking, working, cleaning. I'm like, you're not sick? She's like, yes. <laughs> I want to lay down. <laughs> yes, I want to lay down too. Both of us can't lay down. So I admire that. I think probably one of the women I admire the most is my mother. My mother's been sick a long time. Some of you know it. I've never heard my mother complain. Ever. I watched that woman uh, be a teacher's assistant during the day then drive 45 minutes from Kilmichael to Mississippi Valley State University at night to get her degree. All while having migraine, chronic migraine headaches. I admire that woman. And so I know the stress y'all are under. But Spider-Man wanted me to tell you we, we get stressed too. And even though we can't carry what you carry, what we carry stresses us. And if I, I'm not going to, but if I were to ask every man in here, rate the pressure you're living under. Eight to 10. I'm telling you, it's going to be eight to 10. The pressure you feel. Kids, make sure that they're good. Family, make sure that they're good. And this is what's, this is what's, man, this is what's interesting about our stress, okay, as men. Our stress isn't revealed in screams. Our stress is revealed in our silence. We don't get loud, we get quiet. Stress because of our desires to take care of our mom. And many of us are feeling the pressure of providing for multiple generations. Some of us are at an age where our parents are older. So you not only got to help your kids, you got to help your mama. Pressure. Pressure because of stuff some of them are carrying in the workplace every day. Pressure. So we don't need you to take the pressure off of us. It comes with life, but this is what we need from you. We need your intercession. Because this is what I want y'all to know. Most people that say they're praying for you, not, you know, it'd be like prayers and thoughts. They didn't pray. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just mean they ain't pray. Thoughts and prayers. Praying for you, they're they going to forget. So a man need to know. I got a woman that's covering me in prayer. If you don't pray for him, who praying for him? We need your intercession. We need your, your empathy. 
We know sometimes, this is what we know. We don't say it. We know we moody too. <laughs> All the jokes be like, what you want to eat? And you're like, you know, but like my wife be like, what you want to eat? I'd be like, I don't know. And then she gets something. I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> we know we moody too. But we need a little empathy. Because sometimes we carry pressure you don't know about. Most of us are not just thinking about what we're going to do in life. We're thinking about how to cover you in death. That kind of pressure. Y'all understand that? Stress. And we might not talk about it, but we feel that pressure. Spider-Man felt it, we feel it too. We need your intercession, we need your empathy, and we need your understanding. Because we get stressed too. I'm um, almost out of time, but I want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit here. And I want to pray over every stressed man. No shame, brother. This is a safe space. I got you. But we're going old school today. If that's you, you're like, Dr. D, pray for me, man. Nobody know the stress I'm under. I want, I want our spiritual family to see the stress our men are carrying. I want every stressed man to come meet me right here at this, the front of this stage. So, man, I'm stressed. you see all this stress we're not screaming stress can't tell anybody about it because nobody want to hear it Some of us are stressed over choices we made. You killing us for bad decisions, you don't know we killing ourselves worse. Beating ourselves up. Trying to make it right. But to every stressed man at this altar, I want you to hear me, God got you. Bible tells us cast your cares upon him for he cares for you this is why this made men's group we're starting tomorrow is so important because you need a you do need beyond God you need a human outlet with people that actually get it 
But today, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get, I'm going to, this is what I'm praying for. I'm, I can't pray stress off you because stress comes from a number of different places. I'm going to pray that God give you the strength to do with stress what he told you to do with it. If I say I don't want pressure, it means I don't want to lead. That's what it means. Because that's what comes with leading. If I don't want pressure, I, I don't want a family. That's what, that's what comes with it. But when it comes to you, God's like, give it to me. Hand that off. Because I, I didn't build you to carry that. And if you keep carrying that, it's going to break you. Give it to me. I got it. And that's what I want to pray over you. Listen to me. You're not a perfect man. Me either. But that don't mean you're not a good one. You're a good man. You're a good man even if people you love don't see it. So Father, I pray for every man right now that had the courage even those that would have come to this altar online for everyone that had the courage to obey what you prompted their heart to do and to come to this altar and I pray that you would oh great God give them the strength and the skills and the strategy to cast their cares upon you even in this moment at this altar we hand it off we hand it off we give it back to you we weren't designed to carry it we give our families to you we give the career to you we give the money stress to you we give our mistakes to you you're the God that redeems our life from destruction and you crown us with favor and with love God crown us with that today and I pray that these men leave here lighter that they leave unburdened and that they leave with a peace that passes all understanding. I pray this over these brothers in Jesus' name. Amen. It's COVID, so don't hug, but give a brother a pound before you go back to your seat. I need us to give these men a round of applause today. Well, how many glad you came to church on this Father's Day?